1: absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you want to turn
0: to Get Your Guide for. Whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast.
1: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and,
0: not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music.
2: And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear.
0: Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech.
2: Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Mattermill, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com.
1: And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. So Robert. Yeah.
2: Have you ever thrown a party?
1: Uh, I have certainly helped throw some parties. Yeah. Used to, uh, when I first moved to Atlanta, I lived in this house with uh, two other people uh-huh. and it was uh it was it a party house. Yeah, it was kind of a party house. Really? So, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh well, it was uh it, it's interesting cuz it's like in a really nice neighborhood in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um and but it was like the one house on the street that uh that wasn't really that well kept up and didn't uh-huh. have like a, you know, a nice Family living in it, you know. It the was,
2: neighbors would cross the street when they were walking their dogs. Yeah,
1: it was like the it was you know every street has that one house and this was that one house. Um, uh, and it's just because like some dude owned you know the de- dude who owned it was like too lazy to fix it up and sell it, so he's like I can just rent it out like you know by the month to these people. So for for, for years it was like everybody who lived in it like knew people who had lived in it before, and it just continually amassed more and more used Tupperware and kitchen items <laughs> in the the, the pantry.
2: Um, and none of the Tupperware had tops.
1: Uh, well, there were tops in there, but you know, God bless anybody who could actually line everything up and, you know, reuse it. But yeah, we'd have, uh, have parties. Um, and, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, like, like we are saying, it's like parties tend to start off with, you know, first versus the people getting ready for the party. right? Right. And right. then the people who annoyingly show up early to attend the party, but don't want to actually help you set up. So they're like, they're like one up. Like, hey
2: man, can I get a beer?
1: Yeah, they're like asking for a drink or they're eating snacks while you're still setting up the snacks and you're like, "What are you doing?" You know? So then more people show up and then you, maybe you start cranking the music a little. Right. Up, right? The party
2: builds momentum. But yeah. it's like, you know, when that first guy or, or gal comes, you don't want to put everything out right away. You don't want to put your best hors d'oeuvres that you slaved over. You don't want to put maybe the, the microbrew that you're kind of keeping for a little bit later.
1: Yeah. Or be like, all right, let's dance. You know, there's yeah. three of us here. No.
2: Yeah. You got to save the good music for a little later when the party achieves that tipping point. Yeah. That point at which the the person starts doing the worm on the floor, yeah, you know, somebody you know retires to a corner, maybe to to do a little cozying up to one another, a hookup. Yeah. The guy
1: uh, falls off the roof.
2: That, <laughs> no, 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 no. No,
1: that happened at, at this house. Yeah.
2: Are you serious? Yeah, some
1: dude like climbed up on the roof and fell off, and, and the uh, he was fine because the the kind of person who crawls up on the top of a roof and falls off during the course of a party tends to be fine afterwards because he's probably done it before, but uh, but yeah. That kind of thing happens,
2: right? So today we're talking about that same sort of thing, only in bacteria—a yeah. bacteria party, if bacteria you will. Bacteria
1: party, which, which sounds like uh, uh, you know some sort of slanderous term you'd throw at, like um, you know your least favorite restaurant.
2: The bacteria know. party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, specifically, we're talking about quorum sensing, which is how bacteria communicate. But first, a little background. So bacteria—you guys are going to remember—just a simple, single-celled organism doesn't have a nucleus, uh, lacks organelles, you know, those tiny specialized organs within the cellular membrane, like a mitochondria or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, your bacteria is going to be probably round, spiral, or rod-shaped, maybe gram-positive, maybe gram-negative, and they're going to fall under the domain bacteria. Yeah. So that's kind of an overview of bacteria, just in case you needed to jog your memory a bit.
1: And it's easy to fall into the trap, though, of thinking of these as simple like simple organisms in the sense that it's kind of like they evolved to a point and just stopped or they you know or they kind of like they never got out of the first grade or second grade but it's more like they reached the second grade and just became like really awesome at being in second grade (laughs) like in ways that that we we typically don't give them credit for
2: right so they're pretty complex organisms and, and clever organisms consider this story back in the 1960s couple of researchers noticed that bacteria known as Vibrio fischeri uh, displayed more luminescence as the bacterial population grew. As you can imagine, it's kind of hard to glow. It takes a lot of energy. Mm. So scientists determined that the bacteria were able to preserve their energy until they realized, hey, this is the right moment. Let's make a really good glow. There are enough of us here to really make an impression. So a lot of times you could see that good glow in the liquid organ of a deep sea creature, like, you know, a squid. Uh Uh-huh. And it was really fascinating stuff because these bacteria were living symbiotically um, with the squid or whatever creature they happened to inhabit. And the light, uh, the bioluminescent bacteria would um, become the, the light structure for the eye. It was so interesting.
1: Huh. So it's like if you had like a giant monster that coated itself with like raver kids with like little glow sticks. And then like you get enough of them together. Like one raver kid with little glow sticks not going to really produce a lot. But it gets a lot of them together. Except – yeah, except they yeah. All, they get these things end up gathering together and then they produce glow more glowing, right,
2: right. right. Like the raver kids, yeah. no doubt. yeah, and the giant squid. Um, so the point of this is that the the population reaches uh, has to reach a sufficient size to emanate that killer glow,
1: okay well, again, that, like the party, you have to get a certain number of people together before the the party really starts kicking, as they say,
2: yeah. And that's an example of quorum sensing. it's It's really just how bacteria communicate. It's used, it's usually used to tell other bacteria, hey, there are enough of us here now, let's, let's get on to bacterial business. And there are some other organisms capable of mimicking quorum sensing, like I saw some research on plants and algae, Mm -hmm. and insects possibly too, like honeybees. I guess uh, insects might use it to figure out where they're gonna plant their next colony. Interesting. Anyway. So the name, as you guys can imagine, comes from Quorum or just the majority of people from some particular group that you need to achieve for like a vote or a political action to occur.
1: Yeah, like you're always hearing it on the news, like, oh, they have to get a quorum. They have to form a quorum on a particular topic before, you know, this legislation can pass or this rule can, you know, be passed up in a company, etc.
2: Yeah. Example. Howstuffworks.com couldn't pass that sweet new motion for a, a four day work week because a quorum wasn't achieved.
1: Oh, I missed, I didn't get the email on that one.
2: I know, neither did I. If only it had gone out.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm a four day work, day, cause then you're just going to have like 10 day work days, right? 10
2: Someone, hour work days? No, yeah, not
1: 10 day work days. What, whatever, what am I talking about? 10 hour work days, right?
2: Gotcha. Um, I guess, I guess you could bump it up. What do the French people do?
1: Oh, well, that's a whole other issue, but, <laughs> but, um,
2: so let's talk about quorum sensing. Let's talk about how bacteria reach that uh, critical capacity to communicate. So the the mechanism here that you're really going to want to concentrate on is autoinducers. Okay. Bacteria produce and they give off these uh, autoinducers, and they're, they function as signaling molecules, kind of like pheromones.
1: Okay.
2: So the concentration of autoinducers in any given area is going to correspond with the size of the bacterial population.
1: Like to bring this to a party. You know how when people come to a party, they never stick with just one cup? For their beverage, they end up with like leaving several around, like laying on coffee tables and bookshelves.
2: Ah, I yeah. see. So number of cups laying around as a uh, indicator of how good the party is.
1: Right. Like if you have 200 cups laying around, that means you have 50 people there.
2: Right. So similarly, of course, uh, a high concentration of autoinducers is going to tell you that a lot of bacteria are present. So once you get enough bacteria coming to the party, they're going to start producing the molecules that are so toxic to their hosts. They may even form a biofilm, which is just a massive group of bacteria that may form a coating, like on a mossy rock. Mm-hmm. You were talking about in a dog bowl.
1: Yeah, more if you feel like a film on your teeth.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, or a medical device. They're pretty common um, on medical devices, like a catheter, or mm-hmm. prosthetic device, or heart um, implant, valve. Like right. a valve. Or-
1: so this is the tipping point, right? This is kind of like when the party gets... Off the chain, as they say, you know, when the guy falls I off the roof. I love that
2: you're so full of these party expressions. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, this is when this is when things start happening, and and uh, and that's the issue here, right? Is is what happens when the when the bacteria actually form a quorum and start doing the sometimes dangerous things that bacteria do.
2: Right. So this would be when they they mobilize. They uh, decide to start infecting the host. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking,
1: right? Yeah, that that being the, the prime thing that uh, we're interested in, like the, the the dangerous stuff.
2: So just to remind you, a quorum sensing drug would stop the communication, whereas a regular antibiotic kills bacteria or it stops the targeted bacteria from growing, and then uh, of course allowing the development of resistant mutant bacteria.
1: Yeah, it, it basically we're talking about cutting off the communication. Like there'll be however many bacteria, however many bacteria get in a room. But they don't know all the other guys are really there. There's not enough communication to get the party started. You know? It's kind of like if you feel, you try to have a party with a bunch of lame people, you know? <laughs> and they're just, they're not digging it, they're standing around.
2: My husband has a name for this. He calls it a lights on sit down party.
1: Lights on sit down party. <laughs> Which I
2: think is pretty apropos. Yeah.
1: Well, if they're board games, you know?
2: That's Some, true.
1: Sometimes, it, you know, sometimes just, you know, Scrabble is a good level of off the chain, you know?
2: Yeah. Indeed, Robert. Yeah,
1: especially if you, you allow, like, creative spelling, you know, then it's, whoa, crazy.
2: <laughs> and here's something else. Bacteria don't just communicate with their own kind, right? They don't just communicate with the people at the party. They may have receptors for species-specific auto-inducers as well as receptors for signals sent out by all other kinds of bacteria. Hmm. So
1: there, so there could be, like, party crashers in the bacteria community.
2: indeed. Oh. Indeed. Right. So this would indicate, you know, in the case of our bioluminescent ones, that not just the bioluminescent ones are uh, are communicating, but, you know, they may be communicating with um, other bacteria that are just floating in the seawater. Hmm. Chatting it up? So why does it matter? Well, I mean, why do we care if bacteria are communicating? Well, it really never hurts to have new tricks up our sleeve when we're dealing with bacteria.
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, this, the key thing here is that when bacteria form a quorum, a lot of times you're going to do something deadly or at least unhealthy to the host.
2: Right. So let's take it in the hospital. Um, there's, a, there's a pretty common uh, bacteria called Pseudomonas aeruginosa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're smiling because you want to make a food joke about how that's...
1: No, I did that, I did that last week. Okay,
2: So right. we'll pass. Uh, so Pseudomonas aeruginosa is a gram-negative bacterium behind an infection that strikes and often kills people with cystic fibrosis. And other immunocompromised people, this is going to be uh, like people, uh, AIDS patients, or maybe mm-hmm. people receiving chemotherapy or people with burns. And it's, again, it's really common in hospitals, but it doesn't affect healthy people. So a couple of scientists from the University at Buffalo were able to inhibit the master regulatory gene behind quorum sensing. So that's effectively how we are stopping uh, bacteria from communicating, by the way, is by regulating gene expression mm-hmm. to get into the actual mechanics of it. And so these, these scientists were able to do that. And it's pretty cool when you consider that a lot of strains of P. aeruginosa are resistant to antibiotics. So again, it kind of comes back to having more than one way to skin the cat or stop the bacteria from chatting with one another, in this case, and mobilize.
1: Yeah. And another thing that this is the thing that I thought was really cool is um, is an idea that's been put forth by the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Oh, yes. And that's that these could be basically, quote, everlasting antibiotics. Okay. And uh, basically, the principle here is, you know, we've all heard of like antibiotic resistant drugs and like you know um, uh, antibiotic resistant uh, bacteria, illnesses, et cetera. You know, the idea is that by creating like pulling out antibiotics, we're pushing against them and then they're going to push back. They're going to you know, they're going to. R- evolve a resistance to something. And suddenly you have to change your, you know, it's, you have to change your offense to meet their defense. Sure. But if you're, uh, if you, by creating like a quorum, um, sensing drug, quorum sensing drug, drug anti quorum sensing drug, you are, you're, you're messing with their communication. You know, you're, you're not, um, you know, you're not really pushing them, you're just sort of breaking them up. Right, keep, you're you
2: not know. sparking resistance.
1: Yeah. And so they found that like in like 26 uh, successive generations of uh, different bacterial species, uh, that
2: 26 generation was still as sensitive yeah. as the first one was.
1: Yeah. They're not like learning to, to, to fight back against it, which is awesome because then it could conceivably last forever. It could be like a permanent cure.
2: I mean, I feel like everlasting is a little optimistic when it comes yeah. to an organism as, as long lasting and as adaptable as a bacteria have, have proven to be. Yeah. But it's, still, it's an intriguing concept.
1: It's a little boastful. But then again, if you want, you know, you want to get picked up by the media and you want to, you know, it get your catchy. study funded, you just say everlasting, uh, treatment for this. And you're like, whoa, I'll fund that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so are doctors using quorum sensing or rather anti-quorum sensing drugs to fight bacterial infections now? No. That's probably what you guys are wondering.
1: Yeah, not really, right? Not so much. Except possibly in some like traditional uh medicine practices. Um there's an interesting article um what publication was that in?
2: Well, it wasn't uh in a publication, it was a, a clinical trial, the clinical trial website. You can check mm-hmm. out all the clinical trials they've got going on for for different things uh in the United States. And there's a 2008 study that was investigating azithromycin as a um Potential drug, and they were using it uh, to battle, again, Pseudomonas aeruginosa ventilator-associated pneumonia. And the the study did, in fact, make it to phase two, but it was terminated because of financial issues. So we never got a chance to see how this was going to turn out.
1: Yeah, the article I was thinking of was um, actually in uh, Gizmodo. Right. And it was about John McAfee.
2: He of the uh, security computer. Yeah. Fame.
1: Yeah. So apparently, yeah, he was like, I've learned how to tackle, um, you know, computer viruses. I'm going to go after the real thing. And he's down in Belize, mm-hmm. like um, checking in with like, um, like sort of traditional, um, like herbal practices, uh, and seeing and uh, and looking into the possibility of like quorum sensing, um, anti quorum sensing uh, drug potential in those, uh, you know, those those herbal remedies. So it's pretty cool
2: yeah pretty interesting yeah interesting to read that I, I thought that um, the author Joel Johnson had a had a good take on it. It's healthy to bring a little bit of skepticism to to this mm-hmm. uh, especially since Bailey's doesn't necessarily have the uh, vetting system that we do for new drugs yeah Yeah so they were looking to uh, enlist the help of uh, quorum sensing for um, all sorts of stuff like ear infections and ulcers. Mm-hmm biofilms on your teeth, I think they were looking into a yeah. mouthwash, which would be handy. I don't know what the dental hygienists would do. I don't know how they would feel about that. Because what would they do if we didn't have biofilms on our teeth anymore?
1: Oh, I think we'd still figure out a way to mess up our teeth pretty bad. Yeah. Ha- have confidence in our junk food eating ability.
2: Okay, I will. So apart from what they're doing in Belize, there are some issues uh, with... Developing these kind of drugs uh, elsewhere, and some of the issues have concerned the the molecules being toxic to humans. Um, according to a related Scientific American article I was reading, in addition, they've been having some troubles developing disruptors that work against many different species of bacteria.
1: Yeah, like they'll only it'll only be good to cut off like one uh, type of bacteria's communication, right? Right. Yeah,
2: which might be good in the case of um, a bacteria that's so prevalent, like the aforementioned. Uh, Pseudomonas aeruginosa.
1: Yeah. But it it prevents you from having, like, a general sort of uh, antiquorum cure-all. Right, right. Uh, Also, some of these have, uh, like, there's some issues with the shelf life, like getting it to where you could actually, like, get it out there in stores and have it, like, be an over-the-counter thing and not a, you know, harvest it on the site type of deal.
2: And there's also a really interesting study that came out of the University of Edinburgh. And a couple of biologists there were saying, well, hold on a second here. Like we were saying before, bacteria aren't that simple. In fact... They may not even uh, communicate in the same way within a particular population.
1: Yeah, and another um, uh, interesting fact comes uh, from some research uh, from the University of Edinburgh, uh, and that's that uh, bacteria like humans, uh, as with humans, some of them are better communicators than others. So if you end up, if you are able to encourage more of the poor communicating uh, um, bacteria
2: this is actually beneficial yeah
1: this is beneficial because then the other guys can't get a word in edgewise and really get going with their uh, with their quorum it's kind of like if you uh didn't want your party to get off the hook so you like oh, you invited mostly um agoraphobic uh you know people that are just going to stand there uh, you know looking into their dream. Have a lot of
2: social anxiety yeah.
1: yeah so that so that's that's pretty cool and another way that you could sort of you know use this for your to your benefit
2: yeah, so that about wraps it up on talking to bacteria or bacteria talking with each other.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised by it because um, you just don't think of – or I, I don't think of bacteria t- speaking to each other, you know, or, <laughs> or in any way communicating. I just I, I tend to, without thinking about it, you know, uh, view them as this very simple organism that kind of works like a, like a very simple machine, you know.
2: Yeah, not the case. They have proved us wrong once again. Yeah. So if you guys want to send us any of your thoughts on bacteria or bacteria communicating or – just tell us how much of a good communicator you are. Send us an email at sciencestuff at housetefworks.com.
1: I have to admit when you first mentioned quorum sensing drugs to me, I thought it was something like out of Dune or like some sci-fi novel where there's like a crazy sci-fi
2: drug. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not, not the case. Um hey, you want to do listener mail? <laughs> Yeah, we
1: actually got some awesome listener mail in uh, just today. Uh, not only mail, but a package.
2: Yes, our very first package, yeah. which is super exciting, from Australia. Nonetheless. I w-
1: yeah, I was worried at first because we- one of the reasons we received uh, some of our uh, fan mail from Australia was because we made some comments about there being a lot of venomous creatures there, <laughs> yes. and then people were some people were like, it's not really that bad. It's like you know, so there's kind of a dialogue back and forth. about And that, then so. there was
2: a comment on a comment. Do you remember that? That's yeah. very exciting. So I, at first I'm like,
1: oh my goodness, like. Somebody's, like, mailed us a snake or a scorpion or something, you know? Um, But as it turned out, not. It's uh, actually two adorable little um, creatures. Knitted
2: creatures. I got a a Rhodesian Ridgeback with a bandana, which is so cute. A dog.
1: Your favorite animal. And I uh, received a Lammergeier, which is, uh, you know, the the big majestic-looking bird that's in uh, the Life series. Yeah. That uh, drops bones from a a great height and then goes down and eats the shattered remains. Yeah. So they're really cute, and they came with a letter. Which, yeah, let's uh, read the letter. Yeah. Hi, Allison and Robert. G'day from Australia. Um, for hosting such an awesome podcast that makes my commute so much more bearable, I knitted you some presents. Yay! Here's a Rhodesian Ridgeback for Allison and a Lammergeier for Robert. If they behave, perhaps they might you might allow them to play with Katie's narwhal and Sarah's ocelot that the I Gallus dispatched from the, last month. Stuff you missed in history yeah, class. Yeah, those guys. Uh, thank you for a great show and keep up the fantastic work. Best CC Melbourne, Australia. P.S. How about a podcast on the Higgs boson? We might find it soon.
2: Excellent. Uh, thank you very much, CC. Yeah, yeah these you, are awesome. These are really super cute.
1: Yeah, we took a, took a photograph of them. I'll see if I can't uh, throw that up on the Facebook. And, uh, the Lamberg guy is going to go up on the shelf next to Gamera.
2: Hey, so yeah, we've received a lot of uh, really good listener email lately, so we're going to go through some of them today, and we're pretty psyched that you guys are writing in. First up is Abdullah S., and he wrote in with his very first email to an HSW podcast, and we are honored. Cool. So here's what he had to say. He wanted to give us a little info on uh, how to pronounce the Burj Khalifa, the tallest t- tower that we mentioned in our uh, space elevator podcast. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah,
1: yeah. This is the one in... Uh...
2: Space elevators. Yes. Yes, yeah. this was the one yeah. in the space elevators indeed, Robert. Um so he he told us the correct pronunciation and he then he was talking about how the tower was named and Burj actually means tower and Khalifa is the name of uh, the current president and it literally translates to Tower of Khalifa. So thanks Abdullah. Cool. Appreciate the info. We have a ton of, uh, of emails from lefties, or lefty wannabes, shall I say. A lot of people wrote in wait, to talk somebody... about this whole left-handed guitarist thing that we got to in our podcast.
1: Okay. But wait, lefty wannabes? You mean we received some?
2: I think there are some lefty wannabes some righties? out there. I'm just gonna put that's, that out there.
1: That's, that's, that's because you're a righty. Yeah, but I don't
2: want to be a lefty. Well, you should, because we're awesome. So after our podcast on lefties, uh, a couple of guys wrote in to tell us that lefties are the only ones in their right minds. Yes, indeed we are. And to tell us your take on left-handed guitarists. So here's what listener Jake had to say. Although right-handed, I do know that if you're a lefty guitarist, you have to use your left hand to strum and right hand to hold down the chords. So lefties hold the guitar upside down. Jake also told us that Paul McCartney, the famous Beatles star, is a lefty, and he had trouble learning guitar until he looked at another lefty guitarist and saw the strings strung upside down. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So even more, this turned out to help uh, Paul McCartney when he met John Lennon because it meant that they could sit across from each other and see a mirror image and learn songs that way.
1: Oh, wow.
2: It's pretty interesting. Andrew wrote in uh, something along the same lines. He also brought up Phil Collins. And he was saying that there are no other left-handed instruments uh, that he could uh, think of other than the Southpaw guitars. And I, I really do think he might have just wanted to bring up Phil Collins.
1: Wait, I thought Phil Collins played the drums.
2: Well, so Phil Collins plays the drums, but he was saying that uh, drummers um, set up their drum kit in a mirror image of the huh. usual way. So a special lefty way, if you will. Oh, cool. William wrote in to tell us that aside from left-handed guitars, um, firearms are something that are left-handed designed. And this is pretty critical because when you consider a firearm, uh, if you have a lefty using a firearm designed for a righty, then you can wind up with uh, shells being ejected.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, I never thought of that. Yeah, you don't want to have shells ejecting in your face every time you fire the gun. That's that's a design flaw. Yeah,
2: William tells us you definitely don't want this in a firefight. So I, I totally trust William on that. Garrett is now frightened of his left-handed girlfriend, should she ever decide to fight him. Cool, he should be,
1: yeah. She's got the advantage.
2: And Jim from New Jersey's fledgling fencing career may have been cut short due to some tricky lefties in his college phys, phys ed class. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I took uh, fencing in college. Did you? And I'm a lefty.
1: Yeah? Were you any good?
2: I I don't think I went up against Jim because I went to an all-girls school, but but I might have been Okay. Yeah. And Val, our friendly neighborhood maker of uh, prosthetic devices, wrote in again to talk about her left-handedness. And she was mentioning um, the whole care car thing from Scottish history. Apparently, there's a clan called the Kerr Clan or Car Clan, depending on how you want to spell it, or K-E-R-R-C-A-R-R. And they're known for being left-handed, so much so that the Care Castle um, built its spiral staircases backwards so that they could have that fighting advantage that we were talking about that Robert and I were mentioning. And Val asked where uh, some of my family was from, and yeah, we do have a little Scottish in them, so I don't know whether it's Caracar, but...
1: So, wow, some of your ancestors may have built a crazy staircase designed to fight on.
2: (laughs) Maybe that explains why my dad always wears a kilt.
1: Does he? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. (laughs) And on an unrelated note, Richard wrote in to tell us that he's fit, he's small, and the mosquitoes love him. But he wasn't sure why. I think it may be because you're irresistible, Richard, so... Thanks for that. Do you guys I, have any, <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going
1: to say, I will point out, we, we received a lot of uh, comments about left, lefties and guitars and all, but but nobody was able to really answer the, like, how do, how do lefties uh, use guitar teaching as a, sedu- a seduction tool, you know?
2: Yeah, we're um, going to leave that one outstanding for yeah. you guys. So send us the answer. We're looking for it. Science stuff at howstuffworks.com or hook up with us on Facebook.
1: Yeah, on Facebook, we're Stuff in the Science Lab and on Twitter, we're Lab Stuff. So check us out.
2: All right. That's all I got. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.